so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami. Picture at Los Angeles 2018. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you'll ever need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of The Golden Girls and then we talk about it. And we just watched season seven, episode 17, Questions and Answered answers which aired on february 8th 1992 and is the one where dorothy goes on jeopardy you're not gonna mention that that opening that i just did is the first time i've ever done it straight i haven't done a weird voice really i didn't do anything i didn't yell it i didn't sing it i didn't whisper it i just did it straight like a newscaster wow thank you thank you everyone you did it straight like you were just appearing on jeopardy yeah did you i legit there was a moment where i was like it just feels like i'm watching jeopardy it did, yeah. Because it, it, it wasn't... It went on for a while. It was a long scene. Also, it wasn't parody the way they do it no. on SNL. It was... Actual Jeopardy. Actual Jeopardy, they also, but with some jokes. What they also did on an episode of Mama's Family, but it was an actual... Like, she actually went on Jeopardy. Oh, she did? Yeah, it wasn't like a dream or anything, and she won a vacation. It was, it, was, it was so weird. It was like... It was a special episode where Mama goes on Jeopardy and wins, and then it becomes a two-part episode... Where the entire cast goes to Hawaii. Oh, wow. So it was like for three episodes, they just weren't at home. That's nice. Yeah, it was strange, but it was good. Yeah. That um, was a different show, though. <laughs> there was something that you and I noticed throughout the episode. Where's the coffee table? Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the episode, was it throughout even? It was throughout the episode. Yeah, the coffee table was missing. They just got rid of the coffee table. And like, it's weird because. One of them, I forget who, they came in with, like, stuff on their hands, and you would think that would be, like, a reason for a coffee table. You know what I mean? Like It's also, they have a lot of wide shots of the living room yeah. where you very clearly would see that there's no coffee table. They couldn't have written one line that's like, oh, can't wait till we get the coffee table back from being fixed. I think the reason it's not there is because the the blocking of the dog. They wanted to be able to bring mm. the dog out, and maybe they didn't want him Also, the you had to be table. able to see the gag of the shoe. There was the shoe gag the dog did at the end of the scene. Right. So they probably just wanted a lot of business with the women on the couch. And they thought the coffee table would be in the way of the dog. They wanted a lot of couch business. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But like they could have put a one line joke where Sophia tried to pick it up to vacuum again. And she broke it because she's so strong for a tiny, tiny old woman. Please, it's Wicca. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's Wicca and it probably breaks pretty easily. Oh, wait. Before we go on, because... I've been meaning to thank, we've both been meaning to thank Mike Dennison for the pins that he sent us and that everyone should go onto his website and order. Um, you can he, go on his Etsy page. Yes, Etsy page. Um, and I'm looking at a B Can Do It. It's a B Arthur as Rosie the Riveter, mm-hmm. right? Rosie yeah. The Riveter? Yeah. Uh, which is so good. And the detail is so nice. Yeah, we'll post pictures of them. Yeah. And there's another one of Sophia giving the Sicilian curse. Yeah, which... Um, I gave to Michael because he's one of the few people that like you didn't to, give him the Sicilian curse. You gave him the pin. I gave him the Sicilian curse too. Yeah. Um, because he identifies as, uh, Sophia. Yeah. It's a great uh, yeah. pin. Self identifies. Um, so Dorothy comes in. This is now the third episode in a row. Yeah. Where Dorothy is fucking shitting her pants in excitement. Literally entire seventh season. I'm Dorothy and I'm quacky, wacky, wacky. <laughs> I used to be concerned about how my students were doing in school and I didn't want Mario to get deported. But I used to be I used to be concerned with women's shoes and now I'm concerned with you loves me, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeopardy. It's my favorite show. I mean oh, Wowie. I mean it she is She says Wowie. 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 And it makes sense why Dorothy would like Jeopardy. I mean, Jeopardy is a great show. Yes, and she's a teacher, and she prides herself as an intellectual... Well, a snob. She's an intellectual snob. I mean, Barbara Thorndike certainly is, but as we all know, Dorothy... I mean, Dorothy kind of got mixed up in that world for a minute, but... Yeah, Dorothy has a bit of a big head on her Although, I guess we will see it again in the Midsummer Nights episode where she kisses Miles. Dorothy's a bit of a snob. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's okay because she can be. Yep. So Alex Trebek and the people of Jeopardy are hosting auditions in Miami. <gasps> How convenient. And Dorothy decides it is time 
to study. Mm-hmm. She is going to get down and she's going to pass this test mm-hmm. and she's going to get on Jeopardy and meet an Alec Trebek. Do you remember when you and I tried to get on the prizes, right? Oh my God, do I remember? <laughs> Let's talk yes. about that experience real quick. Okay, sure. So, for anybody who's never done this before, yeah. there are like certain times in the day where you can basically like uh, schedule yourself into a slot. Yeah. I think they shoot a couple episodes a day. It's unlike other game shows in that you don't compete for a spot. As a contestant, you just could randomly become a contestant. Right. But they do some, um, you know, vetting of the people. Yeah. So you and I, you show up and you have to, I mean, we wore, you, you need to stand out in order to make on the prices right. I still have stains in my bathroom from making that shirt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your shirt was great. A lot I of glitter. I lost my security deposit because of that fucking shirt. Oh, mine sure. was pink. Um, and then you stand in a line for three hours yeah. and they take your phones away and you're yeah. outside. And then, um, at one point I think they gave us a snack cause we'd been standing mm. out in the hot yeah. sun, sun for a long time. Cookies, If I remember, I think they gave us cookies and then they there were, were good cookies. There too. were like two or three actors from a soap opera who happened to be shooting that day. No idea who they were. I didn't either, but they came around and like gave people candy, I yeah, think. And, and everybody was like, were, ah, and took pictures cause they're like famous people. And I literally was like, how are you? And then while we were in one of the lines, because you think you're like getting inside and then you turn a corner and you're like, oh, my God. And you just see that the building is so far away. It's like the worst amusement park ever. Yeah, it was bad, but it was fun. But then um, then there's a guy walking around with a clipboard and he starts talking to people. He goes one by one and he's like, where are you from? What do you do? They think they're so special. Yeah. And then he was like, what's your favorite Price is Right game? I said Plunko because it was the only one I could actually think of in the moment. What did you say? I I was like, I've never seen the show. No, I think I said what you told me to say because I didn't really watch the show. And then (laughs) everybody gets gets out of the hot sun and they put them in a studio. Again, no phones. That's... 20 degrees below zero. It's the Titanic. Yeah. um, Underwater. And then um, they come out and they're like, okay, so everybody put, put your shit under your seat. Make sure you don't have anything visible. And then they tell you to act really excited. It was exhausting. You and I, it was an entire day. It's as if we went to Disney World. I I mean, I don't, I think maybe you're better at this than I am, but I'm not an easily excitable person. I don't force excitement very well. I'm not, I'm not impressed by things. I don't, I'm not a clapper. Mm. I'm not a laugher. I don't Mm. do, I mean, I'm a laugher, but I'm not a clapper. I don't, I don't get excited over shit. I maintain my composure. And so to be forced to literally for an hour and a half go, yeah, we were like, right, like kind of in front. We were like in the third row on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, we turned it on when we needed to. When the guy came and interviewed us, we turned it on. We both, we were, I was like, I'm from Massachusetts. I work at an advertising agency. Like I I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, and I had cancer. Put me on TV. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and then neither one of us made no, it on the TV. Didn't make a TV, but, but okay. it was a fun experience. Yeah, and yeah. I did get to go backstage where all the winners go because remember yeah. I won that like hundred dollars yeah. yeah. after the show was over taping. Anyway, yeah. I won it in like a. They feel bad for all the audience members, so they go, "We're just gonna, we're gonna." And now that the show's over and you've all been waiting to get pulled up on stage, we're gonna give one of you a hundred dollars. And they picked my Ooh. name, so I got to go back with all the winners. So I got to walk backstage and I saw the giant wheel. Yeah. I saw it. It was just sitting there. Wow. And I went backstage with all the people where they all had to sign non-disclosure agreements. They all had to sign stuff basically saying like, I will make sure that I'm home yeah. seven to nine months from now on any given day when they deliver my hot tub or else it will be returned. It was insane. Yeah. And then I was like, they were like, what did you win? And I was like, uh, I won $100. Wheel of Fortune's kind of the worst show ever. Wait, sorry. Price is Right. It was the Price is, Price right, is right wheel, though, that you spin at the end. Yes. Wheel of Fortune also is pretty bad. I've auditioned for Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. What? Michael loves Price is Right. It's fine. Guys, this is a podcast <laughs> where we watch an episode of The Price is Right. And then we talk about it. And then we it. talk about it. That podcast would never end. Yeah. Unlike this one. And also, last thing I'm going to say about it, Drew Carey. So during the commercial breaks, they actually, they actually take like breaks for a few minutes in yeah, between the games because they have to set up the different yeah. games and reset the stage and get yeah. the prizes out of the way, whatever. And they put up like a big giant partition so you can't see what's going on. Um Instead of just being backstage, Drew Carey would, cu- would do room. jokes. He yeah. would work the room the whole time, which I thought was great. And he's yeah. a true comedian and isn't just there to like do yeah. his job. He's a good guy. He's really nice, too. Is he? Yeah. He did some AIDS walks a couple of years when I worked at AIDS Walk. That's he, great. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Anyway. Yeah. 
That's it. Anyway, that's our story. Not about Jeopardy. Not about Jeopardy. <laughs> um, but speaking of Jeopardy, Blanche has a great joke where she talks about how much she loves Alex Trebek. And she's like, I've never had a Canadian that wasn't on skate. <laughs> Which is a hockey joke. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Because I was thinking figure skater. And I was like, come on, Blanche. Really? No, no. They're it's a hockey joke. They're all hockey players. Um, yeah, you're right. I loved her pink slippers, like her like kitten heel slipper thingies mm-hmm. that she had. Oh, so good. And then they got, because in this whole scene, like the whole reason why it wasn't there is because of the dog. Rose has, Rose comes home. She's been working a lot at the hospital. It's really depressing because she's working with all these old people and they're all dying all the time. Mm-hmm. And man, it's just a bummer. She goes from grief counseling to this. It's I like know. death follows also, her. Also, Rose, like we've seen you burn yourself out before. Yeah. Take you care should, of like, yourself. Take care of yourself. You just got this promotion yeah. at the TV station. You know, focus on that. Yeah. And the girls do a good job of getting over their own sort of hatred of dogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they get her a dog. Yeah. They adopt her dog. Yep. Which there's a part of me that questions, like, shouldn't there be paperwork that comes with, like, just giving someone a dog? You know what I mean? Like, No. What if they get, got a dog for someone who's, like... A bad dog owner. Well, we already know Rose loves dogs because That's remember she, that one brought. I'm she just brought thinking home of the logistics and... of it. It just seems like if I can go get you, if I can go get, if anyone can get anybody a dog, then doesn't that mean like I could give a dog to like a dog abuser or something? Well, yeah. Once you adopt the dog, yeah, you could just give it to somebody. But the people, Blanche is saying, we're getting this dog for our home. We're four women. We don't have any other pets. We have plenty of space. The dog's just coming into their home. Just because she's giving it to Rose doesn't mean I'm just saying, she's well, breaking no, the law that's not or what anything. I mean. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, in general, it feels like you probably shouldn't be able to just adopt a dog for somebody. But again, she's not necessarily... If she's adopting a dog... That. I get that. But, like, do they know that? Do they know they all live together? I mean, what she is doing is kind of like what I did with you with that jade plant. I was like, here's a plant. I'm basically handing you responsibility to take care of something living and breathing. But that's not a, no, but that's things that that thing doesn't shed. It just dies. So it died. Right. But when you give a friend a plant, you're saying I'm giving you a responsibility. That's what they did to Rose, but they know that Rose loves dogs and that they make her happy. I bet every animal is like, um, I'm more important than a plant. Carrie. Of course I have a dog. I love my dog. Look at my Instagram. It's all I post. Frazier is judging you right now. That's fine. He's sleeping. <laughs> so there's a great joke where um, they tell they bring the dog. They're like, look, we wanted to pick up your spirit. So we got yeah. your present. And it, the dog comes out. Rose's eyes are closed and it starts licking her face. And she goes, very funny, Blanche. Just give me the gift. <laughs> and she actually seems angry there. She does. Well, yeah. we do know that Blanche wanted to kiss Rose on New Year's Eve. Yep. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I love that the dog's name is Jake, like Blanche's former lover. Yeah, which is hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Then, but Rose is so, I mean, they're just so joyed about this dog, which is yes. so cute because you know how much all of them are animal lovers. It's, yeah, especially Betty White. Loves yeah. dogs. I mean, they're, I think even Dorothy gave her a run for her, or uh, B. Arthur gave her, gave them a run for her money on loving, loving animals because she was. I mean, like, we know how much she loved horses and the fact that their the urine horse, was in Premarin. Yeah. <laughs> really upset her so much she made a PSA. She's there. They were all really big animal people. And also, I think B. Arthur made that PSA with like no makeup on. So no. I feel like she heard the horse urine was in the Premarin and yeah. she was just like, somebody turn on a camera and get me a horse. <laughs> get this me is a an camera. important message. I have to talk about horse We've got to get it out right now. We've I don't care. Um, Stan, take the camera. Also, um, so when Rose gets the dog, she's like, oh, this, this reminds me of my dog, Rusty. And all the women roll their eyes and groan because Rose is going to tell them the story once again. Mm-hmm. Here, are my, here are my thoughts about that. Yeah. One they literally just brought out a dog to cheer her up and now they're shitting on her. Yeah. Two, these women hate the story where their best friend and her entire family almost died in a fire, <laughs> which did take the life of her beloved dog who was trying to rescue the cat. Yeah, but how many times can you hear a story, this story? I don't, t- I, you tell, sweetie, you tell me how many times you need to, if that makes you feel better. I don't know about that. You of all people I know. should know it's okay to tell a story more than once I know. to your friends. I know. <laughs> I'll be quiet. No. <laughs> Have an opinion. My opinion is I'm with them and being annoyed. Yeah. Also, it was a dachshund. 
I mean, dachshunds are cute. I do like a dachshund. They're the wiener dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's no way that dog was going to lift a television. Yeah, that was a funny joke. But like, come on, guys, don't shit on a story that traumatizes Rose to her very core. You just (laughs) triggered her by giving her the thing that makes her think of that story. And she keeps giving these animals away. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. but She's not a good pet owner. She keeps giving them away. So then Rose said she's going to bring Doggy Jake to the hospital because they're, you know, therapeutic for people, which I totally believe. But also, too, this is the other thing. I mean, I don't want to poke holes in the storyline, which I'm not that type of person. Go on, Carrie. But, but, like, I know for a fact that because we had to take my friend's dog, Virgil, into serious training and observation to be able to get him to be a therapy dog in a hospital setting. So like, how does this dog all of a sudden get to go get to go past the lines and the rules just I'm, to become that therapy dog? Woof woof! Look at me, ain't I cute? Rawr, I'm gonna bite you. I'm glad you brought this up because since Jake the dog is in a performance dog who's trained and is actually trained in real life, in I'm real talking life, about on the show. You didn't let me show. finish. You didn't let me finish because that dog is a performance dog that has a trainer. Yeah. That dog always has a trainer off camera that it's looking at. So Jake the dog, the entire episode, when we see him, he never once makes eye contact with the women. He's always vacantly staring off somewhere Mm. as if he's been lobotomized. Yeah. 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 I'm always looking in the opposite room. Or, (laughs) Or he's blind. Oh, so he really shouldn't be at the hospital. I, he's not like looking at he's it's not like he's looking at charts and administering medications. Do we can't. know that for sure? <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. Rose is the one giving him direction. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. At yeah. the hospital, Rose takes him there. Also, first, by the way, when she comes into the scene and it takes her a minute to say that she works at a hospital. Yeah. I was like, why is Rose dressed like a candy striper? And then she said <laughs> it because she was like, I'm volunteering at the hospital. Haven't and I was we like, seen oh, okay. her before in the candy striper outfit? I feel Maybe like we have. Maybe in the episode where she meets her dad. Yeah, we have. We know yeah. she does this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, she brings the dog to the hospital and Mr. Hubbard and his wife, Grace, love the what dog. What a cute couple. They're very cute. Mr. Hubbard, actually, the the actor who plays Mr. Hubbard. He's been on a lot of stuff. Yes. You might actually know him. His name is Bill Irwin. I know him as, do you know that scene in Home Alone where Catherine O'Hara is like desperately trying to get back home to Kevin. Oh, yes, I do. And she approaches that old couple and she's like, here, she's like, take my Rolex and my, like all of my rich white lady stuff. Yeah. And she's like, from a mother to a mother, please. Oh, Catherine O'Hara, give her all the Emmys. Anyway, so he's the dad and he's like, well, Irma, we should probably just give her the tickets. They're about to die. Yeah. And they're so sweet and they give her the thing and then they end up in a hospital and Rose brings them a dog full circle, (gasps) paying it forward. That's insane. What would be more insane is if the dog's name was Kevin. True. But this is insane enough. Um, Also, because Jake, the dog, snuggles right up to Grace, and then in the next scene, she's dead. I was like, oh, maybe Jake's actually one of those dogs. Did she die in the next scene? No. Yeah. Well, yeah, the next time we see Mr. Hubbard, Grace has has moved on to a better place. Yeah. Jake the dog is like, you know those animals that in the hospitals that curl up to people right before they're going to die? And they call them like... creepy. Yeah, like there's a cat at a hospital that always curls up to somebody. I'm like, can you imagine if you know that that's going on and you're an old person and you open your eyes in bed and you just see that cat fucking curled up to you? I'd be like, don't. That is the most stressful thing. Yeah, this dog is up to no good. This dog also is stealing Blanche's shoes. I'm just saying, this dog is up to no good. I think the dog is Rose's mom reincarnated. Did we did we already get past the joke about the presidential candidates? No, not yet. Okay. That's my favorite one of on the show. Okay. So then we go to the Jeopardy auditions. Oh yes. Yeah. Where we learn that only ten percent of people will score high enough to be asked back. Mm-hmm. On and a then, test, like a like a multiple on a test. test. They're or in whatever. like a classroom. Yeah. At and, the TV station. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Blanche tries to cheat mm-hmm. by rubbing her pencil on a nerdy man's thigh. <laughs> Which would work for me. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always let people cheat off me. That's nice of you. Because I was always like, eh, whatever. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) So two days later, Dorothy is super stressed because the Jeopardy people haven't called. Like it's a guy who hasn't called after a date. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically. Mm -hmm. It's stressful. Um, And then this is the joke that you like. I love it. Rose 
says that the dog is going to be great for people at the hospital. And then he like finds Blanche's uh, slipper and Rose goes, he can find anything. And then Sophia says, go find a viable democratic candidate for president, which I have to say this episode came out. What? February 92, February 92. And it, that period is like one of the most iconic primary moments that everyone remembers mm-hmm. in the history of all primaries because there were a bunch of fucking Democrats running for president. Mm-hmm. This is the year Bill Clinton ran. And it was like Jerry Brown, the current governor of California, and it was Paul Songus and like a bunch of other people. And it was like all, it was a shit show of a primary. And no one really knew who was going to come out victorious. And everyone thought George Bush was going to win. George H.W. Bush, his father, the younger man's younger one's father, was going to win. And uh, and then a couple of weeks before this episode came out, the Jennifer Flowers thing happened with Bill Clinton about him having an affair. And it was like a whole huge thing. And the whole thing of them going on 60 Minutes and Hillary Clinton saying, you know, I didn't I didn't bake cookies and Tammy Wynette crying about my man, like that whole famous mm-hmm. line and stuff. That whole moment was all happening in January, right around sort of the New Hampshire primaries. And it was really a big thing in the news at the time. And then, of course, the Golden Girls made a great joke about it, which... <laughs> They you, were timely. You Professor H. Allen Scott, thank you very yes. much. Yes. Schooling everybody. Yeah. Sir, you should be on Jeopardy. I could be. You could be. <laughs> you could be. I think you should try to get on. No. It I shoots need, out here. I don't need the exposure. Anyway. No, I don't need that. What was interesting about that joke is that because this was the joke where Dorothy makes a joke about Trump and a lot of people have been posting that meme this episode, lately yeah, that, that in this little, episode. That little bit, yeah. There are certain moments in this episode that I feel like really apply to what's going on in our country right now. Like, and I, and I know I'm just reading into it because to me, this is like the Trump episode, even though it's just one joke, but obviously. So when she says, find me a viable democratic candidate in my mind, I'm like, yes, everybody, let's make sure we get a great democratic (laughs) candidate for 2020. Kamala Harris. Yes. That's how I feel. I I do too. Can you imagine, sorry guys, we're going to get political for a second. Can you imagine Kamala Harris going up against Trump at a debate? Like she would, the floor would literally drop out and he would shrink and then fall into the hole because she would set him on fire with her eyes and her words and her wit. She was an attorney general. She wasn't a very good one. She didn't shut up. I'm sorry. She didn't do much. I mean, we love her now because she's on TV a lot and stuff. But if you really look at her four years as attorney general, it's kind of a bit of a snooze fest. Mm. She was like fast tracking to the U.S. Senate, which there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, let's just not applaud. Do you want to run for president in 2020? No, I just don't want to nominate the loudest person because they make good TV, which maybe we should because that's exactly what happened in 2016. I mean, to be real, if I could have my pick, I would have President Elizabeth Warren. Oh, But I I don't think that she would. I want president... Oprah Winfrey mm. with Vice President. Elizabeth Warren? No, I think the Vice President, I would have like Sandra Bullock. Sandy B? Mm-hmm. Who do you guys want to be president? Let us know in the comments. Okay. <laughs> Trump, so. Trump, 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 Trump. No, they know better. <laughs> no, some people probably like Trump. And you know what? If they like the Golden Girls, you are okay in this club too, even though we might not totally agree with you. Anyway, so <laughs> Carrie um, doesn't like you though. <laughs> um, okay, so then Jeopardy calls Dorothy, yeah, and she's again over the moon. Oh, oh, yes, she's my roommate. Yes, I will tell her. Blanche, you didn't make it. She's like Blanche flunked. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so great. It's so great. She's so happy to give Blanche that news. I also love that the Jeopardy people are so lazy that they're yeah, not like. Of and now can we speak with Blanche Devereaux? Yeah. Um, so now it's a little bit later. Dorothy's got textbooks out and they're all open. So we know that means she's doing lots of different types of reading work and there are pages being turned. Mm -hmm. There are paper cuts being had. And we know that there's a trial run. So basically she has to like do a trial run of the show. And then if she passes that, she'll be on the show in this scene. Did you notice and this I felt like was like a subliminal subconscious thing. And maybe it's why Dorothy had her dream about Jeopardy. Rose is wearing a, like a, a shirt and a cardigan over it. And it looks like the Jeopardy board. It's blue squares like with like white grout oh. around them all. It's blue tiles with white borders. Oh, 
You're like doing Inception Golden yes. Girls. Oh. Maybe that's why she, I mean, I know she had the dream because she's thinking of Jeopardy, but maybe Rose's, go back and watch it, guys, if you don't remember, wow. Rose is wearing Jeopardy. Wow. I had a dream the other night that I was doing stand-up naked. Anyway. Was somebody wearing, a, was Michael wearing a flesh-colored bodysuit? No, Michael wasn't there. Oh. It was me and this other comic who, I don't think he's ever done the podcast, but I texted him afterwards. His name's Dave, and he writes on SNL, and he's really funny. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Yeah. So, Sophia warns Dorothy yeah. not to study too hard mm-hmm. because of what happened in the spelling bee in second grade where Dorothy beat all the other kids so badly that none of them wanted to hang out with her. Yes. Yes. I don't, in this, at my age, I don't worry about being really good at something. Really? No. Oh, I do. Why? Why not? Look out for you. I am looking out for me. I think as long as you're, like... By being good at something, I'm looking out for me. Yeah, but would you feel like you know a lot more about American history than I do? Yeah. And you tell your stories and they're great, but it's not like you make me feel bad about the fact that I don't know as much, even though I was like Kamala Harris and the Attorney General, and you were like, she kind of wasn't that good of one. Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I want to make sure that you know the full thing and not just, you know, what left-leaning websites want you to believe. So if you and I were in a competitive situation, as long as you were still being supportive of me, I would be excited for you. I would be excited for any stranger. I would fully support you supporting Kamala Harris for president. And Mm -hmm. I may also support her if I find that her positions align with my beliefs. However... I'm not going to jump on nobody's bandwagon because mm. guess what? I think they are corrupt. I don't like any of them. I don't think anybody is perfect. And that is a good place to start from. Well, that's why I like Elizabeth Warren because she's like, we need, like, basically, no politician should be able to take money from any kind of like corporation or lobbyist or anything. And mm. you should have to basically sign a form saying that when you're out of, you, you basically can't use that as a platform to launch yourself into a better job mm. when you're done being senator. Like, like as like a lobbyist or something. Oh, see, I don't know if I have a problem with that, though. Like, if you're going to use your experience for a company or something that gives them insight into how Washington works, I think that actually kind of makes sense. Okay. But I get what you're saying, too. Yeah. Anyway. But I'm more of a moderate. Okay. I'm not totally liberal. Like, I'm, like, socially liberal. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to things like that, I also understand that capitalism is, like, important and stuff. Yeah. Like, there are things that are good within capitalism mm-hmm. and trade, which is mm-hmm. why we should not have tariffs on things, some of the Chinese goods coming into the country that these companies are only going to pass down to us, the consumers. But whatever. Yeah. I'm more of a moderate. Even some American products are made... With foreign aluminum and foreign steel. Yeah. So even if you're like, well, I'm buying an American car, guess what? It's still going to cost you yeah, more. Because there are st- yeah, because there the are... The parts like, are coming from other countries. The nuts and the bolts could be made in China. Mm-hmm. Sure, the product is made here, but the yeah. things that the product is used The materials. To, the materials could be made elsewhere, which then those will be applied to tariffs. Like our iPhones right now, mm-hmm. the ones we have for now, there are parts within those iPhones that are, produ- that are produced outside of this country that the tariffs apply to. Mm-hmm. That's bad. How did this podcast become, you know, Capital Week? I don't know. But <laughs> when Dorothy drifts off while studying for Jeopardy, yeah. that I'm afraid she's going to break her neck. Yes, I know. She that, falls asleep. Like, she's a large so, woman. Like, yeah, she's I'm a like, large woman. that's bad. And that's a wicker couch. I mean, yeah. that much weight, that's going to be bad. So... She's on Jeopardy. This is Dorothy's Jeopardy dream, dream sequence, where she's paired up with the two biggest idiots in the the Susan Harris Golden Girls yeah. spinoff world. She's Rose. paired up with Charlie from Empty Nest. Yes, Charlie. Um, and also, Dorothy behaves as if she does not know him, but I feel like she would know him because he's yeah. Best there have been crossovers with Doctor yeah. Harry. Anyway, and the ninety two thousand dollar winning returning champion four times <laughs> Rose and Island. What I loved about this moment was we've heard Johnny, the announcer, going like, and here's your host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. Why does he say it that way? Well, because there's applause happening and maybe he wants a break so everyone hears the Trebek. Here's what you do. You go, and here's your host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. But he says, it sounds like the name of the show is Jeopardy, Alex, and the host's name is Trebek. Because he always goes, Mm. here's your host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. That's a very interesting point. Right? There are pe- Some of you out there right now are going, oh my God, I thought that every time I watched Jeopardy. Yeah, and I'm definitely not one of those people. 
because I'm just learning this now. No, you're not. I mean, I don't really, I mean, I feel like it's a formula. It's kind of worked for them. The show's still on the air. I don't think that's why. <laughs> anyway, I loved that. Um, that Anyway, so Johnny, we're so used to hearing him say that every yeah. week for a gajillion years. But when Dorothy's like, I'm going up against Rose, the woman's an idiot. He goes, really? And it's like his voice is like the sound of God. It's all yeah. echoey and, and distant. He's like, really? She didn't get knocked up in high school. Which, I mean... Is perfect. I love that that's become Dorothy's sort of like constant callback. And also it's because Sophia had mentioned it earlier. It's also like Johnny is the voice of God coming through. Who's also Sophia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's meta. This dream is very meta. Um, also and Rose and, and, and they they're like Rose is killing it in the first part of mm, the game. Yeah. Alex Trebek looks really hot. Yeah. He does. He does. He's gotten hotter, too. No. He was on. Yes, he no. has. Yes, he no. has. Yes, he has. No. He got on this season. <laughs> <laughs> he was on this season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay, no. And he looked good. I don't... You know you're relevant if fucking RuPaul invites you on. Speaking of the word good, yeah. do you watch Queer Eye? No, I don't. Okay, I do. I love the way Tan says the word good. It's got like a million vowels in it. He says like, good. Oh my God, you look so good. I love it. I'm obsessed oh with the way God. Tan says good. Anyway, I have, sorry. I have a political problem with that show and Why? I won't watch because I think it is completely like like reductive to have a show called Queer Eye and have no women host of the show and have no trans host. Queer is so much more than five dudes making the patriarchy even stronger, being all like, yo, men, we know what you need, us five dudes. You know what would change those Southern Trump voters' lives? A trans man coming in being like, maybe you should wear a tie like this and never talking even about any of it, just being existing in his truth as a trans person. Or a woman being like, yeah, guess what? We're equals, man, woman. Like, we're equals. And I'm telling you how but you should do. dress. They talk to they talk to people in the South who are like, I grew up thinking gay was bad, but I love you guys. But do those people host the show? The people, the women and the, the trans people? Are they hosts of the show? My problem was with five hosts. And it's being five men hosting a show called Queer Eye. I have a problem with that. An ethical problem with that in this day and age. Okay. Yeah. Because Sorry. queer is so much more than just gay dudes. Okay. I like the <laughs> says, show. Says the straight person is like oh, No, it's <laughs> No, I respect your opinion. It's yeah. just I thought that was the one good thing we could watch on television today. No, it's not. All right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. I definitely find an issue with that show. Okay. That's you I respect I your mean, opinion. I mean, I've seen it and it's fine. It's good. It's like it's it's fine, but I have a problem with the okay. use of the word queer. I completely I Yeah. I get it. <laughs> the Jeopardy categories are Queer Eye. <laughs> Queer Eye. Uh, cows, babes, chickens, more babes, chicken, babes, and baby chickens. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's easy town. It's easy for, it's literally right down Rose and uh, Charlie's Rose is alleys. like, I'll have cows for 400. I love how serious she takes it. Um, so then they get to the second round where it's actually very hard. Yeah. And Dorothy... Smokes it. She doesn't even need... She literally just goes down the list and just goes. That's where it didn't feel like Jeopardy because she breaks the rules and she's like, I'll just take all of them, Alex, and then just starts answering them. I'm like, that's not yeah. how Jeopardy works. I am humiliating these people. It's so great. That's a great line. Um, and then it's Final Jeopardy, U.S. History. Again, yeah. we get a super giddy Dorothy where she's like, that was my major in college. <laughs> and the question is, who is the American hero buried in Grant's tomb? And then the Jeopardy music comes on that we all know. Mm -hmm. Rose, when she writes her answer, Rose puts her head all the way down on well, her podium. she does it because she sees what's his name next to her. Cheating oh, is he trying all. to yeah, cheat? Yeah, he's trying to oh, cheat. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, then we get to the answers, and mm -hmm. Charlie drew just a guy, a stick figure man. Yeah. And then this is where, okay. Rose says Cary Rose Grant. says who is Cary Grant. Now, when Rose says who is Cary Grant, Alex says, that's correct. It looks like you've won again before he even gets to Dorothy's answer. Yeah. Like, what, Dorothy had more money than she did. What if Dorothy also said Cary Grant? Mm -hmm. Anyway. 
Unless in Dorothy's subconscious, she always thinks she's being cheated out of something. Oh, that could be, actually. She's always last. Yeah. And she is last in this. Yep. And she's furious because she knows that is not the correct answer. She says it's Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah. And then Merv Griffin comes out and he's like, I say it's Cary Grant, who actually died in 1982. Yeah. And then then this is where we get our Trump line where he's like, look, Dorothy, it's Cary Grant because I say it's Cary Grant. And she was like, oh, but Merv, you're the voice of America. You're you're bright. You are charming. You are the anti-Trump. Yeah. That joke doesn't really get like much of a laugh. Well, because, I mean, at the time, you have to remember. But today it would have slayed. Today it totally would have slayed. Um, Trump had just, he hadn't filed for bankruptcy, but his his casinos were all going bankrupt and stuff. And he had just divorced Ivana. Ivana. You were going to say Ivanka because he behaves, he treats his daughter like a, yeah. And also like the names are just so similar. Um, Yeah. he was just divorcing her and married Marla shortly after. And it was like a whole scandal time. So Trump was definitely in the news as a big fat failure. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree. He is not bright or charming. So, um, <laughs> so Dorothy is like anguished yeah. that she, uh, she's like, no, but I, I won. I won. Yeah. I won. I and won. And it's so funny. Her face goes on the big screen on all the television. And oh, she's just like, her. it's like, it's like, it's like the, it's like the mom from Psycho is just stabbing her. I won. Re, re, re. I won. Yeah. Re, re, re. And then, uh, and then we see that Dorothy's sleeping. Obviously she's having yeah. a dream and Sophia's just putting a blanket on her and Aww. she's still going, I won. I won. I know pussy cat. I would have woken that person up and been like, are you okay? Would you like a glass of water? What if, what if Sophia thought it was a really intense sex dream? And and Dorothy at the end of every sexual encounter screams, I won! I won! That I would be out of the room. Anyway, <laughs> back at the hospital, Grace died. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. And then Rose, it's so sweet. She She gives up her doggy. And the way she does it is... So ginger, like she doesn't say to him, hey, you look like you're really sad right now. Why don't you take this dog? He'll Mm -hmm. give you good company. She just sees how much he likes the dog. And she's like, you know, he's so hard. It's so much taking care of him. You'd actually be doing me a favor. And he's like, okay, which I feel like almost makes it easier for him to take the dog. Yeah. It takes any sort of like guilt on his end Mm -hmm. by being feeling like maybe she was pitying him. Right. You know, and in. Yeah, and she was putting a lot of it on her because that's mm-hmm. kind of her job in that role. Yeah. I mean, and in this situation, she's not the type of person that's going to passively just be like, well, I give this to you because I need a claim and credit for it. No, yeah. she wants to be like, I can't, I'm not responsible enough to take care of this dog. Basically, she's looking like the bad guy here. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sweet. Yeah. It's like when she gave her cat away to that little boy. Yeah, it is super Without noble. asking the I, parent first. <laughs> yeah. I would never give Frasier away to anybody ever. Yeah. Um, I get it. Uh, I gave my dog to my dad. Hmm. I could, well. It's still in the family though. Yeah. She's still in the family. I had her when I lived in Georgia and then New York. Um, and it just got to a point in New York where it was really hard to have her there. And so I sent her to like live with my family in Massachusetts where she'd have like other dogs and whatever. And now my dad lives by himself and she's his best friend. I talked to him on the phone every day. He just talks about how much he loves my dog and like how like she's like the greatest companion. He doesn't know what he would do without her. And so like, I miss her so much, but mm-hmm. I know that like he needs her more than I do, yeah. you know, cause he lives by himself and he's old and that's sweet. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Frazier's my little companion. Yeah. He's your, I mean, he's, he's sleeping right now. He doesn't care, but yeah, yeah, he's napping. <laughs> and when Rose says that she's going to miss Jake, the dog, and she's like petting him, I feel like that's Betty White saying like, she's actually going to miss the dog that has been on set for the past week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you actually see Rose get a little emotional and it's so funny too, at the end of the scene, she just walks out. Mm-hmm. She says no goodbye or anything. Yeah. She just walks out, which says so much about her and the uh, character and uh, so good. Love you, Rose Nyland. Love Rose Nyland. Give away your dogs. Be a good person. So then um, it's the Jeopardy trial testing, you know, thing. Oh, so stressful. But I do want to say Dorothy's 
matchy matchy outfit of brown polka dot with certain colors like purples and and mm-hmm. tans involved. Oh, it just says and put me boots, on television. The slouch boots, mm-hmm. the the brown leather slouch boots. Oh, I got such an eye boner when the guy was announcing all the contestants. Yeah, it, he was on Herman's Head or something. That actor was. Yes. So his name is Derek McGrath, still alive. He was born in a town called Porcupine, Canada, mm. in Ontario. Area, which is amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Everybody yeah. knows him from something. I feel like I know him from like a Muppets movie. Yeah, he's done a lot of like character things yeah. that I can remember, but I can't point, pinpoint. Yeah, he's just done a ton of stuff. But he's good on this. He's really funny. Um, so he's announcing the contestants and kind of what their jobs are, basically telling the audience like Dorothy's going up against like two very, very well-educated people. But when he's announcing them, he says their name and their profession, yeah. which we just saw in Goodbye, Mr. Gordon. So when he's like, you know, uh, Kathy, a neuroscientist, and then he's like, and Dorothy Spornak. I wanted him to go, a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like waiting for it. And I was like, oh no, he's going to say substitute teacher. <laughs> um, yeah. And they start answering questions. And the, the two doctors, the scientist and the doctor, no match for Miss uh, Dorothy Sabornak. And she starts to get real cocky. Yeah. Super cocky. It's not pretty, actually. No. There's no humbleness there. Even after Sophia's like, pussycat, you got to tone it down. I might need a neurosurgeon someday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a couple things that I loved about this scene. One is... There's a man, there's an extra sitting behind Dorothy. Yeah. Looking so oh, entertained he's by just her. Like the smiling. Enti- he's I saw smiling him. Smiling with his he's mouth like, open. You like, need to find for the screen grab for this episode, find that man's picture. Okay. Yeah. He's so entertained by her. Yeah. Like it was it's it like, was distracting. It's like in the episode where Rose is going to the self help. Like she's like the self help guru or whatever, like the book that's changed her life and Dorothy and Sophia and maybe even Blanche come with her. And there's a guy in the audience, like sitting near Dorothy, that's always sort of in the background of Dorothy, who just like his reactions are all so weird and dramatic and big. That's why they're extras. Yeah, but no, he was going above and beyond his extra work. Well, the woman contestant, who was also yeah. an extra, because technically, she, if you don't have a speaking line, you're an extra. She also was going above and beyond. She was she looked, acting her ass off. <sighs> like when she, when her Dorothy. Her face. Oh my God. Her stun face was everything. And then, I mean, this woman was so fucking excited to be on The Golden Girls season yeah. seven. I am a featured extra. This is going on my resume. That when... The contest thing, like when the the testing is over, she starts walking away yeah. before he says that concludes our run through. Yeah. She like takes two steps and he's like, that concludes our run through. And she quickly stops and is like, and then continues. Yeah. I was like, look, lady, you want to be on screen as long as you can. Don't walk away before the person tells you to walk away. I mean, she got her moment. Yeah. But Dorothy didn't get a flyer. Dorothy, yeah, if you didn't get a flyer, it means you didn't make it on, and it's, Dorothy didn't get it. Because, and Dorothy goes up and says, and what I love is she starts by being like, no, I don't want anyone to lose their job over this, which yeah. is like such a dramatic line. Mm. But she's oh like, I didn't get a flyer, and the guy basically says, well, you know, on Jeopardy, it's just regular people, and we need people who we think America will root for, and we don't think America will root for you. Which I have to say, I kind of agree with them based on her performance there. Yeah, if she had been carrying herself like that for the entire time, and he did keep telling her to be quiet, so this is yeah. all on her. Also, I, I thought that because basically. If you get if you get in, he gives you a flyer that has directions to the studio. Yeah. What's to stop Dorothy from just grabbing, from grabbing a flyer. one, looking over someone's shoulder, or just following one of them and yeah. being like, Oh, I lost mine, but I'm supposed to be here. I feel like she gave up way too quickly. Yeah. But but yeah. I also feel like that when the guys get delivering the message of what Jeopardy's all about, I feel like that sort of came from their Jeopardy's PR team. Like yeah. they were like you need to like we need to say that we don't have celebrities as contestants, even yeah. though they do celebrity Jeopardy. <laughs> they may not have that. They, that might be a new thing. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but they're like, you know, it's everyday people, somebody that, you know, yeah. that everybody else wants to root for. Just everyday yeah. people. Yeah. And then Dorothy, Sophia comes up and then Dorothy goes, 
They don't think America will root for me. I know. It's funny. And then Sophia says, and to me, this was kind of another like weird, I don't know, Trump moment for me. But she was like, you know, but Dorothy, you're what this country's all about. You were born to immigrants. Yeah. You know, you're, you work your way up. You're a school teacher, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway. And then so, Sophia goes. <laughs> as they're walking out. But you still got knocked up. No. She says that Oh, does she say that? Oh, that's right. She does say that. Yeah. But as they're walking out, Sophia's like, lifesaver? And she's like, yeah, go to hell, Ma. (laughs) And that's the end Um, of the episode. um, That's the end of the episode. And then there's a tag where Rose goes into the hospital room and there's a person in a body cast. Full body cast. Which, again, we've seen this so... Somebody in a full body cast so many times on this show. I mean, it's a gag on every show, really. I know, but like, remember the time they thought it was Blanche and it wasn't yeah, Blanche and they looked at the guy's dick and then when Blanche thought it was the guy that she was dating and she broke up a marriage. Yeah. Um, but she starts telling the Rusty the dog story. And, and the, the guy gets out of the bed and hops out of the room. <sighs> <laughs> That's the only response we can have. <sighs> I mean, I get it. It's a funny runner. It's a funny callback. Yeah. It's um, a bit of a, a bit of a. It wasn't that good of a joke, though. So it was okay. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, the episode itself, I like. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I, I actually do like this episode. I like this episode, um, and it is one now that has become so famous because of the Trump line. Yeah, you know that, and everyone loves posting like Dorothy knew. Yeah, Dorothy knew. Yeah, when it's like, mm, guys, okay, I get it. That's yeah. cute and all, but, uh, but it's true. Dorothy, Dorothy, probably of all people would know. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, like of all of them. Dorothy would not have voted for Trump at all. She would be out. She'd be out there in her pussy hat, like marching, screaming with her repurposed "Save the Dolphins" oh my God. protest sign. Yes, and Sophia would tag along just because of the free lunch. Um, and yeah, Rose would somehow wind up within the Trump administration accidentally. Accidentally, she would be work. Mm-hmm. She would become the press secretary accidentally. Accidentally, uh, and Blanche would most certainly have voted for Trump. Uh, and but only because he was, of one hot steaming night back in 1982. Because I just thought he was the sexiest man on the ballot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I only vote by appearance, and I always vote for the tall man. I don't vote party lines. I vote based on what my panty lines say. <laughs> oh! 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 <laughs> oh, God, it's getting late. Golden takeaway. You go first this time. Oh, man. But usually you go so that I can look at my aunt. Okay. okay. No, no, no. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Um, my golden takeaway is if you're in a position where you have a pet that you feel like it could really help someone's life for that pet to be in their life then like consider letting that pet be a part of that person's life. I'm not saying you have to like give your dog that you've had for 10 years away to a stranger in yeah. a hospital somewhere. But if you have a dog and you have an elderly parent or grandparent or aunt or uncle, like bring that pet over to see that person. And if they like animals, of yeah. course, and they're not allergic uh, to bring them some joy. Cause yeah. I really do feel like animals, like I know my dog back home, the dog that Stan and I have like, anytime I'm stressed out because like you know animals can sense when you get stressed out Mm -hmm. and our dog just comes up and like sits in my lap or licks my face or just stares at me yeah I love it and animals are so great and you know if you have an animal that can help bring joy to somebody else's life share that joy that's sweet my golden takeaway is when a friend of yours suggests, you know, you are so smart, you know so much trivia, you should totally audition for Wheel of Fortune. It's easy money. That's an exact line that my buddy and past Golden Girls guest here, VIP guest Elliot Glazer, has told me. And so I took him up on his advice, and I went and I auditioned for Wheel of Fortune once out at the Beverly Hilton in <gasps> Culver City. And um, I answered the questions, and I did okay, you know. And... I had a Dorothy moment. I didn't make it on. Mm. Apparently, America doesn't want me to spin anything. <sighs> so maybe don't listen to your friends because they're definitely biased. Mm. Maybe just trust your gut. Yeah. And my gut said, stay home. Don't go outside. It's your evil gut outside. usually tells you that in yeah, most situations. M- my gut tells me that. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been outside today. 
<laughs> actually. <laughs> I haven't. Okay. Not once. All right. I mean, I, I did open the... No, no. Michael opened the did window Did Dorothy shades, come so. by to bring your frozen dinner? No, no. I, I, haven't, I haven't even opened the front door. Other people... You guys have come in. Mm-hmm. But it's just... I don't lock it, so it's always unlocked. Mm. So... Didn't you just tell me that you were worried about murderers because I lived on the I lived near on the first floor by a street and you leave your door unlocked like a madman? Well, my building has a code entry and my window is not on the first floor. It is the window I'm terrified and the sliding door I'm most terrified. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. That's a great takeaway. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> this has been Out on the Lanai. Thank you all for listening to yet another episode as we Wind down to the end of the series, but we're not going to talk about that quite yet. We're doing slowly. it very slowly. We're doing it slowly, but I think that's how you guys like it. I secretly like it that way. Yeah. If you guys are following along. we're still in the planning stages for all kinds of fun things to yes. come. If you guys are following along with the podcast, the next episode we'll be watching is Ebb Tide 6, The Wrath of Stan, which is where Stan and Dorothy have to live in their bug-infested apartment that Angela is living in. Yeah. It's a great one, I it think. It is a good one, yeah. actually. Yeah. And we'll probably, we'll do that in two parts, probably. No, that's only a one-parter. Oh, is it a one-parter? It's one episode. There's so many two-part episodes, seven, season seven, I can't, I know. Keep, I can't keep track. Um, yeah. And then after that, it'll be Journey to the Center of Attention, which, I mean, hard-hearted Hannah. Hard-hearted Hannah. The Tramp from Pete Savannah, GA. Oh, it's going to be a good one. That's such a great episode. Oh, we should have Alaska on just so she can sing that. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, that would be good. Yeah, we should try to do that. And then that. Elliot could come on. He could sing Dorothy's stuff. <gasps> we could have a musical episode. <gasps> well, now we're going to have to do it because you've just said it on the podcast. Well, they will listen to this and I will let them organically come to me and say, yes, I want to do that. And if I don't hear from them within the next few weeks, then I know, A, they don't listen to the podcast and B, they're not true friends. Hint. Fair enough. And if you guys want to follow along with the podcast, go to outonthelanai.com. We are at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Golden Girls Podcast. And as always, just definitely keep writing to us and sharing all of your fun Golden Girls t-shirts that you find at Walmart or cool art, all of it, because we love it, because the Golden Girls fan community is the best community of all time. It's true. And I'm H. Allen Scott on everything. And uh, yeah, that's me. I'm Squiddy Squid on Twitter and Squidzy on Instagram. And you guys can still watch me on the IMDb show. I just burped. Um, and Lovely. you guys can hear, subscribe to You're Making It Worse. A yes. new podcast on Starburns Audio, co-hosted by Mr. Elliot Glazer and Brent Sullivan. Both past guests yes. of the podcast. Yes, and you will be a guest on that podcast I very, very much soon. look forward to that day. What yeah. will we talk about besides the Golden Girls? Well, we'll probably talk about the Golden Girls. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time. Remember. remember Stay golden! Ruff, ruff. I am the